Hey, welcome to Music is More, a podcast that explores the universal language of music in greater depth in order to discover the meanings, messages, and lessons beneath the surface. If you're looking for a fun review and analysis of a wide variety of music, this is the pod for you. Each week, we'll look at an album of our choice, give it a review, and then take a deep dive into the themes that album explores, providing social commentary along the way. Stay tuned if you agree that music is more. Music is more than the notes. Music is more than syncopation. Music is more than sound. Music is more than passion. Music is more than a moment. Music is more than words. Music is more than ideas. Music is more than what sounds in my interpretation. Music is more. Alright guys, today's album is Capri Songs by FKA Twix. I'm your host, Ayana. The first part of the podcast is going to be a review of the album as a whole, and then we'll get into a deeper dissection of the music in the Music is More segment of the Music is More podcast. If you want to weigh in at any time, feel free to tweet us at musicismorepod, and if you like this podcast, add it to your episodes. Let's get into it. First, a bit of background. Capri songs. That is wrong. Capri songs. I want to call it Capri songs like I want to call it Capri Sun, but that is wrong. Capri. Like Capricorn. Capri songs. Capri songs is the third full length album from FKA Twigs. It was released on January 14th, 2022, and is interchangeably referred to as both album and mixtape. FKA Twix herself has also referred to it as a mixtape. Um, she released the album along with a tweet that says, I made you a mixtape. So maybe, so it is both mixtape and album, whatever you want to call it for the sake of the podcast. I'm going to be referring to it as an album, but it does feel very mixtapey. And we'll talk more about that in the album review in a few seconds. Nevertheless, this album slash mixtape has... 17 tracks. It's about 48 minutes long in runtime, and it's got nine feature artists spread across eight different tracks. FKA Twigs has said that she's made this project almost entirely over the internet uh, with the producer El Guincho. She's also released a ton of tweets about the project, so if you are feeling like you want to know more about the origins, feel free to go to her Twitter. It's really interesting, um, her description of her process. And about the album, she said things like, Capri Songs is my journey back to myself through my amazing collaborators and friends. I have fallen back in love with music, danger, trying new things, sex, love, raves. So it is very interesting to listen along to this album, knowing that and knowing that it's representative of her journey back to herself. Moving on, let's get into the actual review of the album. I had a great time listening to the album. It was fun, especially knowing kind of the backstory that she gave on her Twitter um, and following along and imagining her journey back to herself was also part of the fun of listening to the album. It's very mixtapey, as I said before. 
And let's dig into that. What I mean by that is there are things that you get in an album that you don't get in a mixtape. And there are things that you get in a mixtape that you don't get in an album. The fun of a mixtape is that it can show you a journey and it does not have to necessarily be a lateral journey. It does not have to be a one plus one equals two kind of journey. It can be a windy road of a journey, a messy journey, and still accomplish its goals, right? With a mixtape, you're going to see, and with this mixtape in particular, you're going to see different perspectives on similar situations. Each one is a little bit different, and I live for that. I love that in this album, mixtape. (laughs) Because of the nature of a mixtape, it shows you many different sides of your artist. Sides that are no less authentic, but that are influenced and uh, enhanced potentially by the featuring artist and um, people with different creative visions, different things to say. That is the beauty and the burden of a mixtape. Yeah, it's good. Because it's a mixtape, there are songs on it for any and every occasion. And I think that's a plus, personally. It is an amalgamation of all of the different things that the artist and the contributing artist and the featuring artist are all experiencing. Furthermore, FK Twigs is such a conceptual artist, and I really love that. I have a love for art and music as art and music as more than Oh, not me, not me putting in the name of the the podcast in the middle of here. But music is more than the formula, you know, and she definitely goes beyond a formula. You would call what FKA Twigs does alternative pop because it is. It's conceptual. It's artistic. It's awesome. I love it. I'm yes, I love it. Usually When an artist is really conceptual like that, their music is not as playable as their counterparts, right? With a conceptual artist, your music is going to probably be less playable than your non-conceptual or less conceptual counterparts. It's just a trade-off. As you get more conceptual, your songs have less replay value on the radio for the everyday listener. She toes the line between music that is really conceptual and artistic and music that has really high replay value. A great job on her part, I think. I don't know if that was the goal here, but she's definitely done that and produced some songs that I could hear on the radio. Songs like Tears in the Club, Oh My Love, Poppy Bones, Careless, Jealousy, Darjeeling, even Pample Moose, I could hear on the radio. So I think she's done a great job in towing that line between being conceptual and being commercial. For a play-by-play of my thoughts on each song, you can go to our previous podcast episode. The production of this album was good. Some of the songs better than others. That being said, she was really forthcoming about how this album was conceived over the internet. And so that might have something to do with it. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't awe-inspiring. A good vocal will take me there, will do it for me. There were some very good vocal moments throughout 
scattered throughout. That is one of her motifs in her work. A nice choral harmonic moment. Um, And there were definitely some of those within this work. Content-wise, there were some standouts. And then there were some songs that left me wanting a bit more. Um, The song I'm struggling with the most at the moment is Minds of Men. As I struggle with the interpretation and if I like like the interpretation of the song, if its meaning resonates with me, not a bad thing. I do enjoy a work that makes me think. So just know I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm still conflicted, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. Another facet of this album is that it was contradictory in some ways. And that, and I, I won't even say contradictory. I would say there are different perspectives of the same situation expressed throughout the album or similar situations. And in each expression of the situation, different decisions are being made. And it's not contradictory as much as it is a reflection of our humanness and the humanness of the journey that she talks about going on um, before releasing the album. Because you, as a human, might see the same situation thousands of times and react differently to it each time. So I won't say it's contradictory. I just think it's really human in the way that it explores these similar situations. That's just another facet of the album. It is not a bad thing, I don't think, um, but something that I noticed in my review of the album. To summarize, before I tell you my favorite songs and least favorite songs on this album, I enjoyed the mixtapiness of the album. I thought it was a plus. Um, the nonlinear narrative throughout was great, and I think the features were well chosen and well done. On the other hand, there was a bit less conceptuality to the album, which made it so that some of these songs felt a little bit more surface level and less deep than others on this album. Um, Not a huge minus, but a noticeable difference. Finally, I enjoyed the story of the album and the listening experience of the album. The production was good as a whole, with some being standouts in comparison to others. My favorite songs on this album, I liked a lot of them, actually. I'm going to try and pick three favorites. It's going to be Darjeeling, definitely. Thank you. The thank you song. And finally, Meta Angel. I could add more. And I will add more. I also like Tears in the Club. I also like Ride the Dragon. I also like Pamplemousse. Yeah. I added three more, but I had to because I had to get that off my chest. There were a lot of good ones on this album. Slash mixtape. And then as my not-so-favorites, I'm going to have to say it's going to be Minds of Men. It's going to be Jealousy. And finally, I think I'll pick Which Way, maybe? Uh, X Which Way. I don't hate Which Way. I'm just going to say my bottom two are going to be Minds of Men and Jealousy. And that's where I'll leave it. (laughs) And that's where I'll leave it. 
Now let's move on to the Music is More segment of the Music is More podcast. During this segment, I am liable to talk about anything and everything. Sometimes it has to do with the themes of the music. Sometimes it has to do with societal things. Sometimes it has to do with current events, the wrongs of men, the wrongs of women, the rights of women, anything. In this episode, what I really want to discuss is modern womanhood and femininity. You might ask me why, Ayana, when you're talking about FKA Twigs and Capri songs, are you going to discuss modern womanhood and femininity? And that is because FKA Twigs has a history of exploring the concept of femininity, and not just in this album, but in her previous works as well. We'll stick primarily to this album slash mixtape, but just know if you want to explore and get into a really good artist and, you know, stimulate your brain, then go and listen to some of her earlier work as well and just think about it. Just think. Anyway, that is why we're going to be discussing that. In this mixtape, several songs explore themes of modern womanhood and femininity. Uh, Songs like Ride the Dragon, Tears in the Club, Oh My Love, Careless, Minds of Men, The Thank You Song. All of those have at least a little bit of the ideas I mentioned within them. Um, Songs like Ride the Dragon, Tears in the Club, Oh My Love, Careless, Thank You, the Thank You song. Um, Explore what it means to be a modern woman in a romantic relationship. And then in Minds of Men, you see the idea of femininity as a foil to masculinity. When you take a deep dive into the lyrics, there's definitely exploration of these topics in the album, the presence of these topics in this in this album. I also know that in my discussion of modern womanhood and femininity, I am in no way critiquing FKA Twigs' experience of womanhood and femininity because I don't do that. I don't police women and their experience, period. When I say modern womanhood, I'm talking about the experience of women in today's time in general. Womanhood for the modern woman is full of ambiguity. You see this, you hear this in this mixtape on Oh My Love and Careless in that the lyrics allude to some kind of situationship happening in Oh My Love, FKA Twigs, is searching for a sense of certainty within the relationship and asking for something like that. In Careless, the lyrics would lead me to believe that she has given up on that ask for certainty. Or in another relationship, another situation, she was willing to have it be ambiguous. In a lot of cases, the woman is the home. She is kind. She is giving. She is earnestly engaging in a relationship while her partner is unable or unwilling to fully reciprocate, not in terms of their feelings, but in terms of their actions and their words. Are they willing to say with certainty that you're in a relationship or that they love you 
or that they want it to be more official? Probably not. (laughs) In, In a lot of cases, the answer is no. I personally am not a big fan of ambiguity. Even if what we decide together is that we're going to be in a situationship, I don't like the feeling of not knowing if it is, in fact, a situation and it's never going to be anything more or (laughs) you want to keep it really casual. That is completely fine. I don't have a problem with things being casual. Most women don't have a problem with, I won't say most women. I want to generalize really badly, but I won't. A lot of women don't have a problem with their counterpart wanting to be in a casual relationship. Where it goes wrong a lot of the time is when you avoid having the conversation in hopes that if a situationship or something more casual isn't what your partner wants, that you can still have them because you haven't said yes or no to being more exclusive or more official. And maintaining that ambiguity, I don't think is healthy for a relationship. It can negatively affect your partner when they are attempting to look forward into the future and make plans and they don't know if you are even willing to try to be there in this future for their plans, especially if they're thinking long-term. Ambiguity is definitely a pillar of modern womanhood. Along with that is the idea that you're healing and you're healing yourself, but you could potentially be asked or think that you can heal someone else. And I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but I definitely oppose to the idea that you are responsible for someone else's healing or leading them to the light. And in the the reason that I have such a struggle with minds of men is because I feel that that was one of the messages delivered through that song. And I'm saying it like it's like a message in a bottle or like <laughs> an interpretation of the Bible. But no, it's I, I think that's one of the Themes of that song is the idea that your femininity, you as a woman, can be a soft place for men. And that is not bad. It's not bad to be a soft place. However, it can turn bad very quickly if you think that you are going to be the savior or the light of a single man, but also the institution of men (laughs) in general, you as a woman and us as womankind, I don't think have the responsibility for saving and sheltering menkind as they achieve some sort of enlightenment. If you want to get enlightenment, you as a woman, you know that in order to get your enlightenment, you have to look to yourself. There is not someone, there's no man. I think it's so funny. Women get saved by themselves or other women, (laughs) by their girlfriends. And that is important to note. When you want to heal, you have to be internally motivated. A lot of these, a, a lot of people just in general, aren't internally motivated. And you cannot 
internally motivate somebody to get better, to get healthy, anything like that. So I feel a deep aversion to the idea that femininity could be the saving grace for toxic masculinity. If it is applied externally. Internally is another question. Femininity and the embracing of femininity internally with somebody who is dealing with toxic masculinity could be the balm that they need. Could could be a, a healthy way to disengage from ideals of toxic masculinity. I'm not going to do that, though. And I don't encourage other women to be the feminine foil to somebody's toxic masculine out there. I do not entertain people who exhibit the traits of toxic masculinity. I'm not into it. Anyway, yes, modern womanhood, the savior complex is also a tenet of modern womanhood. Get out of there, girl. (laughs) The final thing I want to say about modern womanhood is that it is doing the Lord's work because a lot of women in these trying times are taking a second look at their role as women and what it means to be a woman if they are really into the elements of femininity. And this is where the discussion of femininity comes in because femininity is a concept. It's a construct. Oftentimes, femininity is performed and not innate to someone. Modern womanhood is interested in deconstructing what it means to be feminine. If femininity is something to strive for, or if it's something a a bit more disposable, something that doesn't have to regulate every single facet of life. I don't think femininity by itself is a bad thing or masculinity by itself is a bad thing. These constructs are fine. Where you might go wrong is when you um, double down on them and impose them upon others and impose them upon yourself with no reprieve. That is where things like toxic masculinity take form when you make masculinity um, and when you really internalize the tenets of masculinity and attempt to make that your personality and your persona 24-7, when really there should be more wiggle room about what you choose to subscribe to within the realm of masculinity or femininity. Modern women are taking a deeper look and saying, what is femininity? What can it do for me? What has it done for me? What are the goods, the bads, the uglies of it? How to maximize the goods and minimize the bads so that I can enjoy the performance of femininity if I choose to engage in it. Because personally, I enjoy the performance of femininity sometimes. Sometimes I do want to be the picture of femininity and I enjoy putting on a dress and I enjoy doing my makeup and my hair and putting on some nice clothes and having nice nails and all of those aesthetic things that femininity is supposed to be. And sometimes I do want to be coy and seductive and pretty and kind and approachable and all of those things. Am I going to be all of those things all of the time? 
No. Should I be punished for not being all of those things all of the time? No. The modern woman is taking a deeper look at um, the systems of oppression that elevate people who um, perform femininity the best and punishes people that don't. I personally would like to replace the old femininity with a new femininity that doesn't punish those who choose not to engage and is free to engage in by the entire populace. Girls, boys, he, she's, they, thems, anybody. Get into it. The revolution starts now. Anyway, (laughs) I would encourage my listeners to take a deeper look at the way these gender roles might be affecting you and if they are serving you. And if not, to consider making some changes. If you've made it this far into the episode, congratulations. You have reached the end. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I had a great time dissecting Capri songs from FKA Twigs. Tune in next week for a new episode. I haven't yet decided what album we're going to look at, but you can follow us on Twitter at musicismorepod to get updates as soon as we have them. You can also connect with us on Instagram at underscore musicismore underscore. We'd love to have you and we'd love to talk to you about the latest happenings in music. I've been your host, Ayana. See you later.